Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Joe Overton. We recorded this at the home of Rachel Bayman and George Jackson in Nashville in August. Get Up in the Cool is listener-supported. Shout out to Eves Mendes, Get Up in the Cool's newest Patreon supporter. Thanks so much. If you all want to help me make this show every week, you can chip in at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. There's a link in the show notes. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Joe Overton. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
All right. George, <laughs> and welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks so much. This is great. This is, um, I can't remember the last time I've played tunes this early in the day. So. Yeah, thank you for being flexible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. It's great. This is definitely going to start me off on the right foot. So. Yeah, good. <laughs> or keep me going on the right foot, I guess I've been up for a while. <laughs> so we, we don't know what that tune is. No, yeah, it's. Um, I made a list of like tunes that I was thinking I would maybe play, and that one was not on the list, and it just sort of okay. surfaced <laughs> out of the ether while I was warming up. Then I'm, I can't remember what it is. So. Great. I, I want to say it's like Pretty Little Shoes or Grub Spring. It's, mm. it's like those. They're like Pretty Little Widow. Gosh, maybe one of those. It's, maybe it's pretty. Maybe it's little. Yeah, I think. I think. Likely one of those two things. Pretty little grub. Yeah. Pretty little yeah. springs. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So I first heard about you from George Jackson's uh-huh. Hair and High oh, yeah. <laughs> record. And I was so enamored with your playing. Oh, thank you. And I didn't even know that you played fiddle. Mm-hmm. This is such a lovely treat. Uh, but other than that, I don't really know anything about you other yeah. than you're here in Nashville <laughs> and you play the banjo and fiddle. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe you could just start with that. When did you start playing fiddle? Um, yeah, let's see. I started uh, started playing fiddle when I was like maybe nineteen. Um, yeah, I grew up around here in Nashville. I grew up. I'm originally from a little town um, about an hour and a half east here called Smithville, Tennessee. And um, as a kid, we have we have a little we have a fiddlers convention there called the Smithville Fiddlers Jamboree, which used to be a pretty big one actually, but like a lot of the sort of middle Tennessee old time festivals has kind of been not as well attended and kind of dwindling in recent years. But, Mm. um, but yeah. And the, the Fiddler's Jamboree is still going. I was just there. It's a 4th of July weekend, um, every year. And, um, yeah, but as a kid, I, you know, I was around it, but I never really got into music at all. And then at some point when I was in, uh, my family moved into Nashville when I was, um, in middle school, I guess. And then, um, yeah, just sort of through a strange sort of set of coincidences, I sort of stumbled into, um, into playing old time music, um, through some kind of, through, I was kind of into the punk scene then. And, uh, was like through a kind of mix of my, some of my punk rock kind of friends kind of got into kind of old time music. We, we started, we started playing. I, I kind of actually, I decided the reason I decided to start playing stringed instruments, I was, um, involved in this political group called the National Peace and Justice Center uh, in town when I was in high school. And we had this benefit show. Uh, this was maybe around year 2000 um, that uh, Tim O'Brien like hosted this benefit show for the National Peace and Justice Center. I went just to volunteer because it was like a thing my group was putting on. And um, I just, you know, I, it was kind of this whole like range of people that came out and, you know, Tim O'Brien's band had like, you know, Dirk Powell played in it and I forget who else was in his band, but John Prine came out and played some songs mm-hmm. and, you know, Bell Fleck and the Flecktones played and it was this kind of big, this is really cool thing to sort of stumble into not really knowing what I was getting into. Um, but then, yeah, I sort of left that being like, I want to learn how to do that. And so I like got bought a mandolin there soon after and just kind of happened that some of my sort of friends in the the punk scene in town here were also kind of getting into it, getting it into playing music. theme. I yeah, it's <laughs> like the punk music into old. Time, yeah, yeah, like pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we totally it is. Yeah, and we started out sort of playing, um, just like playing John Prine and Phil Oaks and some like bluegrass standard stuff, and then, and then yeah, and then what? Actually, I was this like kid uh, 
named Casper from Asheville, like hop trains into town and mm-hmm. like played old time music. And then like, then I was actually gone at the time in college. And then I like came back and we were like, we play old time music now. And I was like, great. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so I got into it. My, my buddy Evan had started playing like a six months before playing climber banjo. Um, and I started, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, uh, just, yeah, was really into it. And so I started, he showed me a couple things. And then I like went off back to college and like, I didn't know anyone around me up there and which was in Northeast Ohio. Um, I later learned there's a lot of old time music up there. Wish I'd yeah. known more of those <laughs> totally. people at the time. Yeah. But at the time I was just in my own little, little bubble. I didn't really know anyone who played up there. So I sort of would come home and Evan would like show me a couple things he'd been working on. And then I would go back and like Ooh. spend a few months figuring them out and then come back and yeah. And then one, and then, yeah, then, then like the next summer I came back and Evan had just like come back from a trip that he was on and he now had a fretless banjo and I was like, Oh, this is cool. I, you know, that's so cool. And then I like got a knife, like pried the frets off of my yeah. rover, my like, <laughs> yeah. Bakelite pot rover. And actually, yeah. And then I cut, I got a, I, um, bought like a brass like door kick plate and I cut out the like brass section to cover up the, yeah. the top five yeah. frets. And so, yeah, that banjo is still floating around somewhere. That's awesome. Had a toolbox dropped on it at one point while I was on tour, but it's sort of the neck, the neck broke in a way that as long as there was tension on the strings, it would stay together. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, just couldn't, you couldn't loosen all the strings at the same time yeah. or the neck would fall apart. It's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 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 So what was, what was attractive about old time music? Or I guess the other like country and bluegrass mm-hmm. things that you were exposed to at that time. Like I, I often think about mm-hmm. people getting into maybe this is maybe I should be disabused of this mm-hmm. notion, but like when I think about f- punk musicians mm-hmm. or aspiring punk musicians, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily th- think about them as like specifically liking the uh the sonic experience i think they do but it's it's not about like the music as much as like the effect that the music has and the overall aesthetic Mm -hmm. and the sort of positionality of Uh of punk and that seems to me a little bit different from this like benefit show that you were yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah maybe you could help why were you interested in punk and mm-hmm. why were you interested in that when you saw it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, yeah, the distinction. Yeah. Well, I think, gosh, I don't know the punk thing. It just, yeah, both, you know, kind of the ass, I mean, I, I, positionality. I like that, I like that word, but the, uh, the, uh, you know, the way it made me feel and just, I don't know, the music just kind of really, I felt really connected to it and it really like spoke to what I was, thinking and experiencing. And it was also like very political for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's the kind of music, punk music that I tended to really gravitate to, but, you know, would like, you know, definitely go to shows and, you know, sort of get lost in the, like the, just the, the feel of it, the way it like made you feel and sort of like, you know, dancing and having it just like take over your mind sort of in the loud, yeah. like, really loud music can sort of like you know take over your brain in a way that's nice for well, yeah. <laughs> the volume and the amount of activity going around yeah um, yeah it's mm-hmm. just 
there's no room for anything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The outside uh-huh. of your body. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. Think for, yeah. For people who like to escape their own minds sometimes. That's a, that's yeah. A, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was it about this, this show specifically that like spoke to you? Ah, gosh, I don't even really know. I think, um, it was just, it was just really, you know, I, I don't know. I just also like very, was very captivated by it. And I thought it was really cool. And, um, you know, there's a certain piece of it, I think for how I like, why I sort of connected it, it all kind of happened at the same time that I was sort of getting more excited about, or was like sort of rediscovering my roots, I guess, like coming from, you know, a small town in Southern Appalachia, like the, you know, I think at the time when I was getting into punk and stuff, it was also about like, I was, you know, there were a lot of things about it that I didn't like and didn't appreciate, you know, this is a very, it's sort of a, a, a heritage and a background that, you know, there's a lot of elements to it. And, um, you're maybe trying to dis- dissociate yeah, yeah. from mm-hmm. maybe like white Southern identity politics. Yeah. Or yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. um, like, you know, my sort of personal experiences with seeing, you know, seeing bigotry and, and, um, yeah. And, and, you know, closed mindedness and a lot of, you know, a lot of different elements of that. Um, yeah. and then sort of like, you know, I think, and then there was a, another, then this, I sort of came to the second phase of it where I started, you know, I started to appreciate a lot of like other aspects of the history and like trying to like feel, find an element of that identity that really, that really spoke to me. And, um, that's around the same time I got involved in the, this, uh, environmental justice movement against mountaintop removal in Appalachia. And so a lot of that was kind of tied together. I was like, you know, learning about the, you know, the history of the labor struggle in Southern Appalachia and the civil rights movement. And like a lot of how a lot of that was like, was incubated in the Southern, you know, Southern Appalachian mountains. And and so sort of like regaining a sense of pride in my, in my place and like, you know, rediscovering things about or discovering things about my identity that I really, really, really valued and really spoke to me. And then, um, combine that with like sort of discovering this like musical tradition that I really loved. And it was like a really powerful sort of synergy of different things in my life that, yeah. that um, made a whole little moment and sort of took over everything else. So. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's play. Let's play. Two yeah. Two. Yeah. Maybe I'll, let's see. We're in a, um, I think what else? Maybe I'll try to do one that I had actually thought about playing previously. But, um, how about um uh Dinah?
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounded great. Uh, I'll get here. You're fiddling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good tune. I haven't heard that tune in a minute. <laughs> to me that uh, maybe your m- conversion moment mm-hmm. also happened at an event that had pol- political mm-hmm. things going on. Yeah. Was the yeah. music that you saw there uh, overtly political or was just the space in between? Yeah, that, I don't think so. I mean, I think John, John Prine played some songs. I don't actually remember what he played, but so that would have, you know, maybe been the only political right. songs that I, that would have happened there. But another, another sort of funny thing about, about that event that there are another sort of, yeah, there are a few other little coincidences that kind of pushed me towards old time music at the same time. One thing was at the end of it, I was going to like buy a CD from Tim O'Brien and I was like going through his like many, many CDs. And for some reason, the one that I bought was the uh, songs from the mountain mm. disc, you know, which is like, it's actually mostly Dirk Powell and John Herman. And then like yeah. Tim O'Brien yeah. plays and sings on it too. Which, and it's just, it was a great, a great album, but I just sort of out of all of them, I just happened to like buy the one like old time record. The most old time. Yeah. Yeah. On Very there. Good. And um, yeah. And then another thing like that too, where I, um, uh, a friend of mine who was also, who uh, also was like, you know, listened, she, she was into a lot of different, you know, folk and traditional music was, um, had this funny connection where her mom's best friend from college ran the CD booth at the Swannanoa gathering. And, uh, so like I, one summer, like around that time, I forget exactly when it happened, but she was like, Oh yeah, let's like go over there. You can check out this thing, the Swannanoa gathering. And well, there's like a contra dance over there. And so like went to that. And then also when I was there, the one, the CD I ended up buying was a freight hoppers, record yeah. <laughs> um when <laughs> i was there and uh so yeah so those that's another another two little pieces of funny coincidences that sort of pushed me and that ended up like it's happened like falling into old time music i guess as opposed to some other branch of you know traditional or acoustic music but <laughs> you were trying to distance yourself from your like culture of origin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trying to adopt in uh a, a new culture like maybe in punk punk music yeah. of um re- resistance mm-hmm. oppositional yeah like uh that kind of thing and then that makes me wonder what was your what were your associations with old-time bluegrass country music uh growing up in tennessee um what did when you heard that music or saw mm-hmm. it, what did that mean to you? Yeah. And is maybe see, seeing that one show mm-hmm. uh, and having the music recontextualized, did that do something to like put those pieces together for you? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just, I, honestly, I never really thought about it much. You know, it was just kind of always around. I mean, not always. My parents didn't really listen to that kind of music. They were. What did know. they listen to? Um, they listened to like, like, 50s and 60s rock like Motown stuff and like so that's what I listened to as a kid I mean they had you know they had some like a few country records and they had a there were a few sort of like bluegrassy records laying around mostly there were like records from the the Smithville Fiddler's Jamboree they would like used to like put out put out records of like some of the contest winners and stuff but um 
like I should talk a little louder with the weed whacker going. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, you know, and yes, yeah, so that's what I really listened to growing up was, was, um, you know, I could, can probably still remember most of the words, like a lot of Frankie Valley yeah, and the four Seasons songs yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, you know, cause we just listened to oldies radio driving around. And, you know, when I'd hang out with my friends and stuff, their parents would listen to like Alan Jackson and all that, you know? Mm. So there was, a, I was around a little bit of that too, but yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really think about it much. Honestly, it was, yeah, for like bluegrass and old time music, um, which is kind of there. And I just never really, it never really caught my ear or like pulled me, pulled my attention to it really. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't even necessarily have a chance to dismiss it. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't really, yeah. wasn't really a part of the way that I thought about things, yeah. even though it was around. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to ask about, you're saying that the fiddlers conventions in certain area of Tennessee, mm -hmm. I forget where you said specifically, they haven't necessarily been as attended much. Yeah. There's, what's that about? Um, I don't, I think it's, well, I don't know. It's a number of things. Um, I don't really know, but I have a few ideas. It's yeah. I think, you know, if you look at like fiddlers conventions and, you know, Virginia or North Carolina or West Virginia, there's definitely, there's like a lot of them are like really thriving and have yeah. tons of people going to them. And if you look at comparable, you know, or if you look at the similar sort of festivals in, in Tennessee, a lot of them just haven't been very well attended and are sort of struggling to hold on, honestly, like the Smithville Fiddlers Jamboree, you know, used to be huge and now is not, I think like uncle Dave Macon days is another one that, yeah. that, um, and they're, you know, they're another, I think another half dozen maybe in this general area. Um, and I don't really know why that is exactly. I think it has something, I think for one piece of it, like, like at the Smithville Fiddlers Jamboree, for example. And I think at a, at a few of the other ones too, that I'm thinking of, there's not really like a camping scene there, which I think that's one piece of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Where people don't, you know, so like the one in Smithville, it's like in the town square and they like set up a stage, like in front of the County courthouse. And it's and like, go home. and then everyone yeah. goes home yeah. and it used to be back in the day, everyone would like bring campers and stuff. And there also used to be like a few little open lots mm -hmm. right around downtown that people would camp in sometimes. And those have since kind of closed off to camping for one reason or another. And, um, yeah. So like, and so people jam, but it's, they like sort of jam on the grass, like around the courthouse. Yeah. I think the, the amount of old time music there sort of dialed back significantly too, became more of like a bluegrass contest kind of scene, even though it sort of was called an old time contest. It's a little, it's a little strange now. They sort of, the, the, the people who are running it now kind of are trying to, you know, they've been, they've been wrestling sort of with how to like run the contest, I think over the last, you know, half, you know, last like six or eight years, I think that I've been sort of aware of what's been going on there, but they, um, so it used, it used to be like the fiddle contest was a, was a, like a bluegrass. It originally was an old time fiddle contest. And then it like, when I was a kid, it was a, it was a bluegrass contest and like, you know, they have the way they run it. There's like a fiddle off at the end of the night. There's a senior and junior category. Yeah. And then whoever wins those, they do like a fiddle off where they play, you know, two, 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 uh, a breakdown, a tune of their choice and a waltz, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's, um, but yeah, but you know, always someone would like play orange blossom special and the crowd would go wild, you know, yeah, that sure. was kind of a, you know, an inevitable moment. But so they like, they started trying to like get, push it a little bit more back towards old time. They like, 
you know, you aren't allowed to play Orange Blossom Special anymore. Mm. And at some point, they created they created a separate like contest fiddle category. Okay. Um, to try to like incur it, but the way that it's judged, also like every year it's different. Um, so like at last year, um, I placed so they're like the three in the junior fiddle category, uh, which I am for a couple more years anyway. Um, Wait, who are? How old do you got to be to be a senior? I think it's I think forty is the 40 cutoff. Is yeah, seniors. yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I got it. When I finally I realized that last year when I was competing, I was like, oh, I only, I better I better sign up. I only got a few more years before I move categories. So, um, but yeah, so like the the, um, the three fiddlers just kind of make it to the finals in the junior categories were me, um, and then two, two other uh, really amazing fiddlers here in town who um one of them is kind of like a straight up like contest western swing player who is really great justin justin branham and then uh tyler andall who's just a a really amazing fiddler and he plays he plays kind of everything and in that contest he was like he was playing old time tunes um but you know and has like a very very crisp and precise kind of style so you know and and then justin was just you know playing like some kind of contest tune and so it was a funny it was a funny mix you know um, yeah, and Justin ended up winning change. actually. And, uh, yeah, it was like three kind of different things, you know? So, um, so yeah, I don't know how one, you know, judges in a way that, um, you know, prefers a particular style over another, but they haven't quite figured out what they want to do there. That's one, another yeah, thing about it. That's strange. Yeah. It seems like, I don't know, like maybe that there's some sort of, um, intentional gatekeeping to be done or mm-hmm. something. Right. Usually yeah. people use that word in a sort mm-hmm. of like accusatory way, but yeah. it sounds like, yeah, the whole, like that, that would be really hard to judge. Yeah. Three different things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you don't have all the resources or time to, ju- to have a different contest for each of those different styles. Right. Right. Yeah. That's and tricky. They, yeah, they are. they sort of tried to, so like Justin won the contest. I think he won the contest category and the, like the old time fiddle yeah. contest, you know, um, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. That's, it's fine. But I think, I think there, there's gotta be some other element to it as well, I think, but I, because yeah, something about the old time music scene in this area just hasn't, it's, it's always been, there hasn't, it hasn't been as really steady, I think, as it has in other places. It like kind of, yeah. it kind of comes and goes and we've had a lot of like moments where there's like a really kind of kicking old time music scene around this area. And then it sort of will last for a couple of years and then sort of dies back and does it have something to do with like the proximity to the the industry here i think it kind of does in some way i mean i mean certainly like it in terms of the players in town there's a lot of like you know people come into town and they're like going to jams and and doing a lot of social music stuff and then you know and then they get really busy touring or whatever and then they stop i I did the same thing um and they stop going to the jams and so we've, we've had a, f- and, you know, and then, or like move away from town or, you know, there's a lot of a very, and music scene is pretty, can be pretty, very transitory here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting that I think, I don't know exactly. I haven't quite pinpointed what I think the exact kind of connection between all that is, but there's something, there's something about it that like the, the rooted sort of old time music scene here hasn't, hasn't like stayed like really strong, you yeah. know, it's, and it, and there are other, you know, area satellite. Well, I, you know, not satellite exactly, but areas around Nashville that um, that have have had 
so an old time music scene at various times as well, but also I think it's kind of huh. waxed and waned. Yeah. But well, I don't know. Maybe that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe not everything has to be revived. Right. And, right. You know, cause that yeah. has its own host of mm-hmm. issues as mm-hmm. well. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's play another team. Sure. What's next on the list here? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, uh, kind of a Mississippi, like give the fiddler a dram two parts. Okay. Um, <laughs> um
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I played that game before we were jammed before. Cool. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Yeah, it's uh, Carter Brothers and Son. Or, oh, no, is it the Leak County Revelers? Mm. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's one of the two. Yeah, Mississippi. Uh, two Mississippi bands. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head at the mm. moment. But one of the, it's either Carter Brothers and Son or Leak County Revelers. Okay. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we have time for one more tune before I ask you where people go to uh, follow what you're doing mm-hmm. musically, buy your music, hire you for stuff, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. But before we do that, what should we play? Um, how about, when we, why don't we switch keys? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> what key do um, switch to? Let's do, let's do D. Okay. <laughs> I think we're close enough. Uh, yeah. What D team do you want to play? Um, the two I was thinking about doing were either um, just like a Susan Anagal or uh, Willow Creek. Do you know that one? Those I don't know. The two I had on my list. I don't know if I did. Yeah, either mm-hmm. sound great. Yeah.
<laughs> Moret. <That's> so good. <laughs> it's classic. So, where do people go to follow everything that you're up to musically? Oh gosh, well, um, yeah, you know, most of uh, most of what I do musically, um, I do a lot of uh, my. Well, my wife uh, is a is a songwriter and a band leader uh, named Nora Jane Struthers. And I primarily for like the last decade pre COVID was playing on the road in her bands yeah. doing uh climber banjo and fiddle. And also I play steel guitar, so yeah. pedal steel as well. Yeah, and, um, so yeah, and we like started out as more of kind of a, an acoustic outfit. And then at some point sort of morphed into kind of like a roots rock band and I'm cool. still playing do like climber banjo and stuff on a lot of that. So, you know, um, Interested in hearing that sort of thing, uh, you know, Nora Jane Struthers is the the band leader and band name that um, I'm playing on just about everything that she has out on the internet. Yeah, and um, right um, some of it is leans a little more old time, but um, mostly it's, yeah, kind of a Americana rock and roll sort of mix, you know. Yeah, um, okay. And uh yeah, that's uh, that's about it, really. I don't know what else. But okay, we're, good. we're... <laughs> I'll point people in that direction. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that would be the way to get get a hold of you if someone wants you to come um, their banjo on their music. Yeah, you well, I you know I do have a website. Okay. I think JoeOvertonMusic.com that I haven't touched in a while. That's sort of some like I think it's sort of front facing as me being like a country singer on it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> very elite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And you know, various social media stuff that I'm on, but don't use all that often. Okay. So, great. Um, cool. yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, totally. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> for, for getting up early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what should we do for our final team? Um, how about we do that? Willow Creek. Yeah. Yeah. There. Oh, uh, <laughs> Is that not it? Yeah. Is that it? I yeah. think so, yeah.
Like Joe said, he mostly plays out with his wife, Nora Jane Struthers, these days. You can find out more about her music at norajanestruthers.com, and you can also visit joeovertonmusic.com to hear some of Joe's music. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Make sure to follow my old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, on social media for tour dates and announcements. Check the link in the show notes for Get Up in the Cool merch. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional claw hammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. 